The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let's get to our guest, Carlos Casanova, senior Asia economist at UBP. Carlos, what's the stronger read through or takeaway for the Asian economy and investor? The strong U.S. economy or the more aggressive Fed? Hi, thanks for having me on, on the show. Um, so we have seen um, Asia as a whole um, experiencing significant outflows um, and many central banks resorting to um, what what is a you know, pro-cyclical um, rate hiking cycle. So meaning they are hiking rates, even though, um, you know, employment data and um, and fears about economic overheating are not as prevalent amongst the um, U.S. economy. So the biggest factor, in my opinion, would, would be um, potentially a more hawkish um, Fed as a result of that uh, stronger than expected non-farm pay- payroll data last week. Um, it's data dependent. Um, we can't exclude the possibility of another 75 basis point rate hike. We have to see what happens with inflation um, this week and also next month. Uh, but overall, I think the, the main drag for the region could be um, in case we don't see, uh, you know, any change in stance or, or worse, even uh, a more hawkish stance by the Fed after September 20th. Yeah, it's an interesting cocktail, isn't it? Really good jobs numbers and really strong inflation. So when you look ahead to those inflation numbers due out of the US on Wednesday, what is, what's your expectation? Do you think we're going to see it peak? So we... Um, Inevitably, if there is a, a, a upside pressure on wages in the U.S., that is going to lead to some uh, structural pressures on inflation longer term. Um, so we do think that inflation will peak. Um, however, it will remain uh, significantly above target for the remainder of um, this year and much of 2023. In fact, um, we think that the Fed will only pivot um, in case we see a deterioration in labor market conditions um, and not really pay attention to uh, to the economy, although it would be quite strange for the Fed to continue to hike rates in case we do see a decline in PMI numbers and an increase in uh, unemployment. But currently, um, the congressional mandate is inflation and employment. And so those both indicators are pointing towards overheating in the U.S. economy. So we do think um, that they will have to implement additional uh, rate hikes um, yeah. and inflation will only start to come down in 2023 um, and will remain above target the whole the whole of next year, effectively, as a result of that upside pressure on wages. Basically, over the past 50 years, the Fed has always gone too far. Every time it's raised rates until the U.S. economy slows and goes into recession. Essentially, that's been the story. Uh, why not stop a little sooner than usual? Mm-hmm. Well, um, the issue this time around is that um, if they have had a 
poor track record in um, managing soft landings in the past. This year, the, this time around, they don't even seem to be aiming for a soft landing. So there are cost push and demand pull factors of inflation. They've admitted that they have very little control over demand pull factors of inflation, uh, uh, cost put push factors of inflation, I'm sorry. Look, with that in mind, there's also some discussion uh, that inflation is running so hot, uh, jobs are doing so well, there's not another meeting until September. Are we staring down the barrel of a possible out-of-schedule meeting here? Well, we certainly can't exclude the possibility of an out-of-schedule meeting, but uh, we believe that that is unlikely at this juncture. More likely than not, um, we are going to see an outsized rate hike um, in September. And so the discussion is going to center around, um, you know, what that means for the U.S. recession and whether the Fed is going to stop at that or will actually engineer a hard landing to try to have a go at this inflation, um, at anchoring inflation expectations going forward. This would seem to be a very, very important CPI report uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I, I do slightly want to change directions, though, and, and get to China. The trade surplus, pretty strong there. Exports up some 18 percent. However, the rebound still looks kind of tenuous in China. Uh, what's the real story there? The real story is that we have seen an uptick in um pent-up demand from, um, you know, some of China's key export partners. Of course, um, there are still uh, reports of delays in export orders as a result of those lockdown measures earlier in the year. So we are seeing better than expected exports, um, weaker uh, imports as a result of that sluggishness in China's recovery, um, but uh, a record uh, trade surplus for a second month. So inevitably, that means that uh, on the external front, uh, that trade number might help to prop up activity a little bit even if we see uh, more disappointing domestic demand. So we are looking still at a recovery, albeit a, a moderate one in the third quarter. Yeah, there's still risks around the property sector in China as well. How do you see that playing out over the next few months? Well, we expect that the property sector will be one of the main drags on activity this year. And that is why we have kept our below consensus GDP growth forecast of 3.7% for 2022. Um, we don't think that at this point in time, it's going to turn into a systemic risk. Um, the uh, banking system remains well capitalized and also the proportion of mortgages that that have been impacted by the recent mortgage revolt is, is, is less than 1% of, of overall um, bank um uh, loans. So it is manageable at this point in time. However, it is not going to help with sentiment um, in an economy where you know domestic demand remains weak because of this zero COVID lockdown um, and the impact that that is having on, on Chinese households' behavior. So it definitely will be a drag, um, but it, it won't turn into something bigger bigger than that. And how about the rest of the region? We noted earlier that both Indonesia and India have had pretty good run in terms of equity market performance, um, way up top toward the, the best performers uh, globally. Uh, is, there, is there an economy in Asia that stands out right, uh, right now for you? Well, cyclically speaking, um, in terms of equities, we think China is in a better position as they are going to sustain um, a more... Uh, pro-growth policy, even as the rest of the region has to implement uh, tightening. Um, other than China and Indonesia, uh, and, and to a lesser extent in Australia, although that is not reflecting equities, um, you know, com com the countries that are more um, dependent on commodity exports that benefit from this environment of rising energy prices, um, they've 
experience fewer pressures on the current account front, and that is reflecting in a narrower differential with the U.S., which is, of course, leading to fewer outflows from those regions. So we expect that will continue to play a role. In fact, the differential between the U.S. two-year, which is up, um, and uh, two-year uh, in, in Asian um notes that is the main driver of outflows and depreciation we find and so until the fed announces a pause in in tapering we will continue to see um depreciation and outflows from the region but the countries that that haven't had as much pressure so far will continue to outperform so Mm -hmm. india um indonesia australia and uh, Mm -hmm. to a lesser extent china on that pro-cyclical um factor all right carlos casanova senior economist at ubp thanks so much for joining us on bloomberg daybreak asia you know it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through invisible struggles like stress and burnout caregiving for a loved one or being misunderstood but insight awareness and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with and that can make us and our companies healthier too I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.